Hey everybody, welcome back to the cabin. I'm Sean James and I am the host of this My Self-Reliance podcast. You can also check me out on My Self-Reliance YouTube channel and the Sean James YouTube channel. Well, this is an interesting episode. It's probably not one that you would expect from My Self-Reliance. This channel is mostly about uh, wilderness living and homesteading and and uh, living off-grid. But in this case, I'm talking to a couple that are living a nomadic life. They're actually living out of a truck camper, in a truck camper in the U.S. Um, nice um, nice couple from Arkansas, and they've spent the last, I think they said four years traveling around the U.S. First of all, just living in a tent, and then lately, over the last year or so, they've been living in a truck camper. It just made us realize that we shouldn't postpone any of our plans to explore the U.S. and Canada. Now, we really haven't seen that much of our own country, and we haven't spent much time in the U.S. Um, other than the typical tourist destinations for Canadians, which is mostly Florida and, and, the, uh, and then down into the Caribbean, actually. So we're going to spend some time over the next couple of years doing as much exploring as we can. Now, one of our restrictions, of course, is that um, we have a dog um, and Callie we're not going to put her on the on a plane and we're also not going to leave her at a kennel while we go and explore so we have purchased a truck camper so that we can explore the country basically by camping uh, everywhere we can so a lot of remote areas so one of the um, things that we were doing to prepare for this last summer uh, 2022 23? No, it was earlier this summer. It wasn't last year. It was earlier this summer. And in order to prepare for and to make a decision on what type of a vehicle we wanted or a camping system, we were watching videos from a wide variety of creators, but in different uh, formats or different ways that they were traveling uh, from van lifers to tenters, campers, to, um, you know, tiny home people and also truck campers. So we after doing a lot of research, decided, well, I need a truck. I always have a truck. I've got my tools and my materials and, and logs and wood and stuff that I need to transport around. So I always need to have a, a truck. And so a van doesn't make sense because we don't want to have multiple vehicles either. But to get a truck camper means we can put a truck camper on the truck while we're actually camping and traveling and then take that off and continue to use my, my vehicle as a just as a personal vehicle, a personal truck. So, um, during that research, we came across um, Kelly and, and Cody and their YouTube channel, Dome Life. And uh, what we liked about it is that, first of all, really nice couple. They get along really well. They they're into healthy eating. They like to cook and show that on the channel. They like nature and they like to explore places that aren't that are a little bit more remote. They go to a lot of uh, uh, unestablished campsites. So just uh, down dirt roads and find a spot to pull over and spend the night there. So found that very interesting. And also we're looking for interesting places to go and see. And by following people like um, like Kelly and Cody, we get to see, you know, some, some of the nicer areas or nicer, um, more natural places in each of the states in their case. So that's why we started watching and why we continued to watch. We like, um, like I said, we like them as a couple. We like them as people. We like what they're doing. Uh, they've got the adventurous spirit and um, they're a bit of an inspiration for us. So when I reached out to them, they said, yes, of course. And we were able to have a conversation that lasted over an hour just talking about the uh, 
the uh, nomadic life out of a truck camper. So I think it's worth listening to, uh, despite the fact that it's not homesteading. I think um, just hearing their perspective on nomadic life and, uh, you know, their success in their relationship, uh, their success as a couple, I think is inspirational. So not only do I think this conversation is worth listening to, I really recommend that you go to their channel. They're in the uh, process of transitioning from dome life, which dome was, you know, referring to the shape of a tent. But now that they're doing this out of a truck camper and they have future plans to do more traveling uh, with different methods, then uh, Dome Life didn't apply. So they're changing the name of the channel to Cody and Kelly. So you can find them on Instagram under that handle and on YouTube and Facebook. So we'll provide the links in the description below and in the show notes for the podcast. As always, not only is this episode on the podcast platforms, but you can go to my Sean James YouTube channel and you can watch the full episode there. So I hope you enjoy this, and I look forward to seeing you back here at the cabin next time. Take care. Yeah, nice thanks for having us on, Sean. Uh, my name is Cody. And I'm Kelly. And uh, we have the channel Dome Life. We started it in 2018, and we started out weekend camping in a tent. And then eventually, she's the one that had the idea to sell our house and go full-time living in a tent, traveling the country. And that's where the name Dome Life was inspired. And then uh, last October, we purchased a truck camper after going through a couple of hell storms and an ice storm and a tent and realized it's real hard to live full time in a tent. It really is traveling and living full time. And you are from Arkansas here. Yes. Well, I guess describe your life before uh, this uh, phase of it like what was your how normal was your life before you, you embarked on this journey oh it was pretty normal um we both had jobs he was an accountant i was a dental assistant i had been a dental assistant for 15 years by the time i quit uh-huh. and then you did accounting for what was it seven years before you quit yeah. So, I mean, we just lived regular lives, working Monday through Friday. Uh, when we started camping, we would camp every weekend, literally every weekend, unless it was terrible weather, like continuous rain. Or during the summer, we get like two weeks where it's like extremely hot weather. And so we wouldn't camp on those weekends. But other than that, we camped every weekend. Um, and then we started the YouTube channel. And that just kind of, you know, grew from there. And we were making enough money from the YouTube channel that we were like, you know what? We were coming back from a trip from Tucson, Arizona. And I was like, I do not want to go back home. Like, I just want to keep, I want to go to a new destination and I want to do exactly what we've been doing. And I just, I don't want to go back home. I don't want to, you know, do that lifestyle anymore. And so we went back home and um, it all just kind of snowballed. We, I was like, you know, we're making enough money. We could just live off the YouTube income. We could sell our house. That's money in the bank. We could sell my car. That's money in the bank. Um, And we had no debt. Yeah. Our vehicles paid off. So that really helped out not having any debt. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing is knowing who she was before we even started camping. Yeah, I was totally not. I didn't really care about that. Outdoors to me was going out to the pool. (laughs) <laughs> and laying out. That was all my outdoor activities. Um, but where we were from, we were from Texarkana, Arkansas, and he was from Texarkana, Texas. It's a, um, a border city. Border oh. city. 
Okay. We didn't really have a lot of outdoor recreation, especially in that city. You could drive. The nearest place was like an hour and a half, and I had never gone there before. He went several times. As a child, I was raised in the area that she's just, she's describing, which is one of our favorite places in Arkansas. We've done tons of videos on there since, mm-hmm. um, and it's in the Washita Mountains of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And it, the first 10 years we were together, because we've been together for 17 years now, in the very wow. first 10 years we were together, I couldn't get her to drive down a dirt road. She <laughs> she did not wow. like even going down it. Now, what what's so crazy is she's the one that wanted to go full time, where she used to not even want to do anything outdoors. It's yeah, just I so cared crazy. more about like dressing up, you know, wearing heels, mm-hmm. going shopping, that kind of thing. And uh, once we started camping, I just completely changed. I just love the outdoors so much that I wanted to immerse myself in it 24 seven. Well, that's inspiring. And it actually is part of my curiosity. It seems to be such a, a draw like that, this uh, attraction to nature and, and I guess the simple living, this part of the, I haven't been able to really wrap my head around. It's like, why do we, uh, why are we drawn to just living? Like, especially living in a truck camper, but a tent even before that, like that's really simple. The things that you deal with, from day to day you get up in the morning and the most important thing first of all is keeping warm and then cooking a meal and which takes forever like when you're uh, and you're you're such a great cook too that uh, yeah <laughs> i mean it does when we first met either are you kidding but i did have a passion for cooking once i learned i just kind of self-taught you know looking at recipes and adding things taking away things and kind of putting your own spin on it after cooking for however many years, because when I was not outdoor, when I was not outdoorsy, I'd love to cook. That was another thing I did. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that when we did live in the tent, we were still able to enjoy delicious meals, especially when we were tent camping on the weekend, you know, during the week it's hustle and bustle. I really didn't get to cook any really good meals. And on the weekend, that was my time to sit down and and plan something delicious that we could enjoy together and then cooking it outside. I wanted to be able to do that and not lose the passion of the cooking when it came to that. Now, uh, notice that you eat mostly organic, pretty healthy food, healthy ingredients. Was that always the case before you met or before you started camping? No, no. In the town we're from, we didn't really have the opportunity to have a uh, good quality food. It was uh, hard to find the grocery stores were your generic stores. And we, Slowly started integrating that when we relocated to the state capital of Arkansas, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And that's where our love for the outdoors started was when we, we went there for a job that I, I had in, uh, in accounting. And the grocery store opportunity uh, was available to us, the, the new uh, organic lifestyle, so mm-hmm. to speak. And we mm-hmm. saw a change in our, our mental state, our, our overall uh, quality of life when we started changing just the, the types of foods we were eating. And then we would switch back and visit family after six years of constantly eating organic and healthier that we'd go back and our families were still shopping at the same grocery stores. Still to this day, they're exactly the same when we go back and we can, we feel sluggish. We don't sleep. Sometimes we'll toss and turn after having a meal with them and not go to sleep at all just because there, I don't know what it is. It's just, we, we can tell a difference in the quality of food on your overall life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't know it before. Okay. So that's interesting too. How, how long do you say? 10 years or so you've been oh, eating this way? Oh, oh this gosh. way? Uh, yeah, probably 10 years. Since 2000, 
15, yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. So about, about that. We were 10 years in, in, in Texture Canada when we met. And then we moved in 2014 to Little Rock and we started seeing our food change in 2015 to 16, what we purchased. I bet you have a difficult time going to restaurants and even when you're enjoying a good meal because you guys eat a lot of food. Yeah. And the restaurants are, of course, you kind of throw the uh, the health health uh, aspect out the window a little bit when you're going to the, the uh, restaurants. But I, I'm sure you've, you've uh, whittled down the types of restaurants or the actual restaurants that you can go to. Because if you're like us, when you're eating that healthy all the time and you – like you mentioned, you react to eating poor quality food. Restaurants generally, in order to stay competitive, have poor quality ingredients. And we've definitely, you know, we've, we've whittled down to just a few restaurants that we're able to go to without having some kind of bad reaction that night afterwards. Yeah, we, we're the same way. Mm-hmm. So we completely understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. I mean, that was a passion of ours, too. Food was a priority. And back when we lost our business and we were kind of starting over financially, that was the thing we focused on. We, we, if anything, we became, I guess, as we got closer to the land, we uh, actually eating, it, despite the fact that we're financially in bad position, we we're able to start eating better. And uh, it ended up being cheaper the way we were doing it, but it's not the case for most people. And mm-hmm. like you said, the smaller the town, the typically the worse the uh, mm-hmm. the quality of the food is, unfortunately. Um, but that's, I guess, the opportunity to, to connect with farmers and connect with people so you can actually get your food directly, which we do a lot of as well. But with a nomadic lifestyle, that's going to be obviously a lot more difficult. Yeah. And then the constant uh, research every time you go to a new area. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we've never been to, to Canada. Uh, we haven't been there yet. But in the lower 48, we've hit everything but four states. Mm-hmm. And every single time we go to a new state, it is relearning. And this is daily relearning mm-hmm. everything over down to your grocery stores, what restaurants. And that's on top of researching the areas and the things that you want to provide in your content. You're, you also have to think about what am I going to do for my personal health as well. On top of that, including uh, working out, we try mm-hmm. to make sure we're physically active and not be stagnant. Cause sometimes we'll spend 14 hours driving straight across the country. And we want to make sure that we're healthy uh, externally and internally. And it's a lot of work to stay on top of that when you don't have a routine of a house to just constantly mm-hmm. have everything already planned out. It's a headache sometimes. And trying to figure out where are you going to sleep that night? That's another hard one. Yeah. That's uh, and I've, you've shown enough of it on your channel that I, I've got a sense for it because we've been doing, well, we've camped always, but we also now have a truck camper as well. And uh, we understand the uh, distances that you travel mm-hmm. and the uh, difficulty in finding a spot. And I'm seeing the more we study your content and others in the U.S., because we plan on going down there this winter, it seems to be that much more difficult to find places uh, that you can well, stay, it, especially, especially cheaper places. It, it depends on what part of the country you go. Mm-hmm. If you go... Uh, starting in Arkansas, actually, we, we have one of the largest public land uh, options in the south part of the lower 48. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything east of us and northeast of us is very limited on public lands, which y'all have uh, the crown lands. Is that what mm-hmm. the, the Queenslands or the crowns lands? Is that, yeah, crown land. Yeah, crown lands. That's equivalent to our national forest here. Yeah. And we have the largest mount in Arkansas. Hmm. Uh, as a whole but then once you pass the great plains it's you've got bureau of land management you've got uh, national forest and it is it's so much easier to mm-hmm. live 
the nomadic lifestyle if you're not looking for campgrounds when you go out west. And if you're mm-hmm. in a truck camper, you and your wife will have it so much easier out there than out east. Well, oh, yeah. If you saw our older content before we got the truck camper, we pulled a trailer. Mm-hmm. I will never pull a trailer unless I'm moving something. <laughs> yeah. But daily, no. I did a year and a half of pulling a trailer, and it wasn't even no. a big trailer. It was a small Nobo 10.5. And that was a headache. Yeah. I mean, it was. Well, we, you, I had to guide you backing down so many dirt roads at like mm. two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it was like, it was like never again. Well, that's amazing. So, uh, I Kelly, I just like, my wife is similar. She didn't come from an outdoor background until she met me, but I'd kind of like threw her right under the bus immediately like when we first started dating i took her up to the first log cabin that i built and we slept on the floor with mice and mouse traps going off all night around our heads <laughs> so that was her first time camping so oh, wow. it's yeah so, <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been uh, quite a journey since then but um, again once you start living this lifestyle now, we're a little bit more grounded, obviously, not with, um, living nomadically, but I, the appeal to me, I don't know, I think there's something in in humans that we're, I think, like, we tend to romanticize the past, but, it, like, people watch my channel, for example, so they're romanticizing about sort of the homesteading uh, pioneer stage, I would say, but uh, we, you know, humans have been living nomadically for a lot longer than we've been living, you know, tied to agriculture, for example, mm-hmm. so... Uh, that I think that um, the drive to do that, to go and discover new places, and I think in the past it would have been because we need we've maybe degraded the land that we've 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 extracted all the resources where we are, and now we need to go out and find that new place. Mm-hmm. So it was the adventurers, the uh, the more um, uh, risk taking individuals that probably in each tribe or family that would go off and take that risk of finding that next new place, and it might not end well. So. Yeah. I mean, the challenges, like, I guess part of what I'm wondering is, um, like, what are the challenges of living this nomadic lifestyle? And, and what are, have you been in any situations that were, you know, very uncomfortable or unsafe? We've had, I'll tell you this, wildlife has never been a problem. And that's always been a big question with people. Now, I know with uh, the explorers that went across the North America. They, they had the natives that they had, you know, culture bound or cultural issues or you know, cultural in uh, communication issues. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of war and fighting, but then they also had bears and all the things that would attack them. Mm-hmm. And we know that in our current day and age with our shelters, like the truck camper we're in right now, we're a little bit more protected from the wildlife. Still to this day, though, the biggest issue you might run into is people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the honest to God truth. We've had uh, in the Pacific Northwest, we were visiting an area and we had some questionable people uh, constantly driving up into our dispersed camping spot in, at two, three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and made us very uncomfortable uh, that we didn't feel safe staying in that area to do a hike as we didn't feel safe leaving our vehicle unattended. So mm-hmm. we chose to uh, instead uh, just use common sense and not take a risk and be aware of our surroundings, pack up and we left and went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, but in all honesty, that has only happened maybe twice in the last, how long we've we been doing this now? 
Even if you add in the tent camping, it's only happened probably two times that yeah. we've had any kind of a felt threatened. Yeah. Because you can kind of tell the difference in people. I mean, we've had people when you're back when you're way back into like a primitive camping spot, you might have somebody drive down there. They just wanted to camp there too, and you know they're harmless. They're just they're going to turn around. But the problem that we had in the Pacific Northwest was you could tell that they were kind of up to no good, I mm -hmm. guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And you can just tell a difference in people. Mm -hmm. And so I would say we probably only had maybe two instances. Oh, and then once uh, a long time ago in our own home state, actually, uh, and we had our whole entire camper, oh. our trailer was stolen from us. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we, we were... <sighs> had a dispersed camping spot and it was hunting season and all the hunters were taking all the spots and we didn't want to lose the spot that we were at because we were going to mm -hmm. do a Thanksgiving vlog with her brother. So our camper trailer couldn't be charged enough with the solar panel because of all the trees. We said, there's a state park down the road. Let's just pay $20. We'll keep our tent and sleep at the camp spot that we have in the national forest, but we'll charge the trailer overnight so that none of our food will go bad. That was in our refrigerator. We come back the next morning and someone gone broke cut cut the lock and just took it. So it looked like they had just backed in, like it was their own trailer, and just ran off with it. They took everything except for our camera gear was in our truck. Yeah, we had uh, in our truck we had clothes, camera gear, in our tent, and our bedding, and then all yeah, of our dishes, camp. cooking, everything else that we owned all was our shoes, shaken. Everything was gone. Well, did you never got it back? Nope, they never found it. Wow, wow! So that was the uh, that was the the tent the uh, small th camper it wasn't your you, like, yeah. not something you were sleeping in. No, or did you was, sleep? No, that no, was not a sleeping thing. Okay. Yeah, we kind of used it as a garage per se because mm. we had so much gear. We had like two tents and we had our Jolka shower system, mountain bikes, mountain kayaks. bikes. Yeah, it was kind of a garage. It's and more so. And the it. reason we chose that trailer to begin with is we had a 06 Hummer H3 that was paid oh. for. It was small, so we couldn't get anything big. Mm. We still wanted to be in the tent, so we wanted something that we didn't have to build out that had high clearance, a water tank. This That thing had a 30-gallon water tank, and it had a slide-out for the refrigerator. No, okay. And everybody was like, why don't you sleep in it? It's like, well, we wanted it for all these other reasons, because if we were to buy a U-Haul a, a trailer, or a, what are they a called? Cargo. Cargo, cargo and trailer. convert it, we would oh, spend yeah. fifteen twenty thousand 20000 to fix it, and we paid, I think, 12000 for we that. We paid twelve for the first one. So then insurance covered it. And, and we got the same trailer oh. again after that. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was wild. However, one thing I do want to add about, about what is so nice is if you, about this lifestyle is when we first started our conversation, we talked about how Kelly was more into material things like dresses and going out. But at that moment when we lost all that, it didn't really bother us because it was just simple things and well, we had already pretty much given up everything yeah, that we had had prior, you know, when we had our yeah. house. And so we kind of had so little already that it was like, okay, well, where do we start now? We're start over. Like, I don't know. So it just makes it wasn't it, as bad. It was a shocking. Yeah. yeah. Then, Cause it was like, wow, this really <laughs> happened. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's an invasion. That's like, yeah, I've lost things like that before too, and it's just it's an insult, and it's um, 
I guess puts you on edge a little bit that you're not expecting anything like that to happen. So, mm-hmm. but the material things, you're right. It's almost nice to be able to start over. Now I can buy that this better thing of that uh, whatever it is that you need to replace. We've actually just it, it blows our mind how less materialistic we have become. Mm-hmm. Where we used to be more, we we based our success off of what we had. How many things? How we many owned. things? The house we could get and and. We when we started doing this camping lifestyle and we were never at home. This mm-hmm. was before we sold the home. We just quit caring about all that stuff, and it was it took time, but we didn't realize we were changing until we fully changed. Until we were like, you know what, I can get rid of all that. I don't need it. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Well, Buddhists talk about the the attachment. So if you can de- detach from material items, then you're not feeling a loss. And probably that was kind of the thinking behind when you had that theft is that. You know, you weren't all that attached to those things. Really, they were just a vehicle to get you to live this adventurous life. They weren't the things themselves that you were attached to. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of like how we are right now with this whole rig that we have. It provides us shelter. And it, it the one thing we do like about the truck camper more than the tent is whenever we roll up to a place to sleep, we don't yeah. have to set stuff up. Take right. 45 minutes. It's, it's, just we just park. crawl in. The- yeah. Park and get in. So yeah. that's a really nice plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how long do you think you'll do this? Like, is this um, has it really bitten you like to the point where you're like not really talking about the end of the the adventure? Or is there any limitations that would like? Have you, would you exhaust the number of places you'd want to see, or would you be okay just to even if you whittled it down to say your top twelve and you just kept going to those places? Like, how long could you do this for? Well, I think um, our goal for this coming year, since we've pretty much seen the, all the lower 48, our goal for this next year is just to go revisit the places that we really loved and mm-hmm. spending more time in those places. We kind of, as you would say, carpet bombed the whole area. Mm-hmm. And now that we figured out where we want to be, we want to just go and just spend more time. So I don't see us settling down anywhere permanently in the near future just because there's still places that we also want to see that are not in the lower 48. Yeah. We want to travel outside and do international travel. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. not in this truck camper, um, but we definitely do still love our home of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where we fell in love with the outdoors that if the, when the time, if, and when the time does come, this would be the state that we would settle back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, it would be nice just to have a a, a base camp, a, a mm-hmm. with your roots somewhere. Sure. And we're still addicted to traveling. Mm-hmm. We're still just want to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, any plans for Canada? Oh yeah, I mean, of course, you know, you, everybody wants to go to Banff. Yeah. So I definitely want to go visit Banff. But uh, I know that we want to we want to go up to uh, um, Newfoundland area. Mm-hmm over mm-hmm. on the east coast uh but we have a lot of plans of eventually going to canada we mm-hmm. the only reason we haven't is we didn't have a passport until a few oh. months ago yeah oh, we yeah. just got our passport this month in the mail yeah wow. so we, yeah well there's so yeah so many i mean similar country just a little bit colder yeah. <laughs> you, you talked about the weather earlier so today it's a bit we're not like i'm not that far north into canada um so the weather is not as bad as most americans assume it is here like i'm south of northern minnesota for example okay. and okay. i'm probably i'm probably level with um a lot of maine actually so the weather just turned 
today, like we're getting a uh, snowstorm right now, but it's like 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So, okay. yeah, not too cold. But I was, what are we at? I was about to look. We're at today, I think the high was 54. Here in, our, in and Arkansas. low tonight will be like 38. Yeah. Okay. And that's cold to us. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. That's a beautiful state. I had no idea actually until we started watching your videos. I uh, just didn't, I don't know. It's, it hasn't, it's never been on our radar, I guess. Not um, yep. on our route. We've been to Florida a few, uh, several times and just have never gone through Arkansas and didn't really know much about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it looks like it's got a lot of natural beauty as well. Its uh, nickname is the natural state. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's, it's got a lot of natural beauty. It really does. And it was overlooked for a long time because in eastern Arkansas is the Mississippi Delta. Mm -hmm. And during the uh, frontier days, nobody could cross that part of Arkansas. So they would go oh. up to St. Louis or down to New Orleans and, and go across. And then from there, they'd keep going west and everybody bypassed Arkansas. So it wasn't in, even until the mid-40s that we actually got a decent highway that could get traffic going through eastern Arkansas from Tennessee. So mm -hmm. for the longest time, it was really kind of protected from e anybody ever visiting, hardly. We're not cold-natured people. I mean, mm -hmm. cold-weather people. And, you know, it's only like 30 square feet of space in here. So <laughs> it's not ideal to spend a lot of time in here. And we right. just, we're active. So we like to be outside and we don't like to bundle up. And it's either. kind of in our blood, actually, because when you're from the South, you're you spend yeah. all your teens and 20s in the south you know because we never traveled outside of arkansas really until i was 26 and you were 29 yeah so hmm. we're just used well, to that warmer north. temperature north yeah we had been to like florida and places like yeah. that but, but that's still the same climate yeah, we have pretty wow. much wow wow so your exercise you guys exercise on camera quite a bit were you active that way before uh, before this oh, yeah. lifestyle you, yeah. You've always been active, yeah. I used to actually mountain bike race in Arkansas. Oh, okay. So there was a series, and I would do that. And that, that was actually my excuse to go travel whenever she didn't like camping or anything. So I'd be like, well, i got to go train so I can go mountain bike when really all I wanted <laughs> to do was just go out in nature and go somewhere else in Arkansas. And right. she didn't like camping or anything, so that was my excuse. And, yeah. and I had always worked out. We had any house that, or apartment we ever had, we had an extra bedroom that was a gym. And so that was mm -hmm. just our it was just daily routine and that's something we also didn't want to give up when we went full-time and, yeah. and mm -hmm. the main reason we showed on camera was because a lot of people don't know that you can continue being healthy mm -hmm. so we just throw a little clip or something in there to let people really see our full life and they're they can hopefully be inspired that if they choose to do this lifestyle, they can still maintain a mm -hmm. weight training regimen because I use weights or mm -hmm. cardio or whatever you want and not sacrifice too much. Yeah, we were able to learn that from you as well, actually, because we were wondering how we're going to exercise. Or like to bring, we didn't bring weights on our last trip, but I think we probably start will start doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. We have the dog, so we end up with a little bit more uh, bit of a challenge for space. Uh, mm -hmm. Dog takes. Dog doesn't just take up room, but she limits where we can go because basically we can't be around people. So that's the other thing. I was looking at these RV parks in the south. It's like kids basically a parking space beside yeah. somebody else, and our dog is just not socialized. <laughs> she just used to always being off leash and running and you know chasing animals around. Just can't do that in most places. You see us in a log cabin, you know, simple living in the woods with homesteading, steading chores to do like firewood but also tending a garden so how can we 
live nomadically are more adventurous as well on top of that. So we're still trying to figure that out. And it's why right now, for example, we don't have chickens. We don't have livestock that we have have to take care of. And, you know, it's not, not reasonable to, you know, ask people to come and take care of our chickens so we can go r- run around the country for a month. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but that adventurous spirit, I think that, I, you know, I think people are missing that. Uh, um, a lot of people are missing that in their lives and they might not even realize that's what they're missing. But I don't think it's in our nature just to sit in one place and be static. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's why, you know, the van life type channels on YouTube are popular. And <laughs> with our channel, you're talking about the nomadic lifestyle. That was the whole point of the very beginning of our channel was to inspire people through our channel, through our adventures, that they can find something in their area, maybe around their their town, and they can start doing this. And then whenever we started going full time and traveling across the country, we wanted to show people that the, the different opportunities and how you could do it. But we also want to be transparent that it's not all, you know, rainbows and sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun all the time, but it all that being said, it outweighs any negative. Mm-hmm. And now that we have this truck camper, it has gotten to the point where it, when we were in the tent, we were really thinking, are we going to get a house? Are we getting really burned out of this? Because it was so, it's really hard. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work. Now I, it's it's gone back to where I don't really know when we'll settle down because we're we, even though we love our home state we're already ready to go again and we've only been here for a month and we were <laughs> yep. missing our home state now I'm like I'm itching to go somewhere else yeah wow so the, the adventure uh, it gets worse the more you do it the more you get addicted to constantly wanting to go and then where, you get spoiled yeah yeah where are you headed next what what are your plans this winter anything concrete or like how far in advance do you plan. We don't really plan anything. If we plan something, it never turns out the way that we (laughs) planned it. Um, But we've been asking each other the same question that you just asked us uh, for about a month now. We have no idea what we want to do. Well, we have to watch the weather, first of all. Hmm. Um, But we don't know. We have no idea. It's supposed to be predicted colder in Florida below average temperatures this winter so and we wanted to do florida but now we're like okay we don't really know what to do no we, we, never we just know. take it week by week pretty much we just check the weather well we might stay in arkansas for the month of december if not in arkansas hmm. maybe like louisiana or somewhere just kind of a little south um, because we'll be back here anyway for the holidays so right. we can't don't want to venture too far and then have to turn right back around to come here mm-hmm so we, we don't know. We might go back out to the desert after, uh, back to Arizona, Utah. Uh, we just, it's hard to say. And then everybody keeps asking us too, like, do you, are you going to be here? And we're like, we don't know. Like, Portside, <laughs> Arizona, everybody keeps asking, are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Like, we don't know. We went there last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her mom said when we left, because uh, my dad's birthday is tomorrow. He'll be six, 59, not 60. Mm-hmm. But uh, his birthday's tomorrow. And, uh, we came down here in East Texas to be with him. And then his, her mom, we, we, we left her mom. She's like, are you coming back to like next weekend? We're like, we don't know. We might be in New Orleans <laughs> yeah. area. We, we cause, no idea. Cause we really want to go see some swamps and, and uh, do some kayaking through some swamp lands with uh, the, uh, the cypress trees and the Spanish moss. That's one of my favorite things to see. And I don't know. We might, might not. Wow. That, uh, 
you said Arizona. Is it um, the areas that you go to? They're they're warm enough at this time of year. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's warm year round. Uh, it's real, it's real, real much perfect warm. temperatures. Yeah. yeah, I would say like sev- high seventy, high sixty, okay. low fifty, low forty, and, and that's in the winter. So there's a there's probably as many people going to Southwest Arizona as there is going to Florida. Oh, you're kind of so so it's busy too then. Yeah, that area does get real busy. Yeah, but it's still probably not as or probably easier to find places than Florida, I assume. Still, because there's hardly any public land in Florida, right? And the public land there is, uh, like for example, they have national forests there, but during hunting season, we learned this last winter, where the rest of the year you're able to disperse camp throughout the whole national forest but during hunting season they ask everyone to be funneled into these little camp camping uh districts mm. so to speak so thousands of hunters will be in one spot and you're not allowed to camp anywhere else oh. because the national forests are so small that they don't want people to get shot right okay so it's it there's not much public land yeah okay that's interesting. So but don't are, let it run you away. Go to Key West or something. We had a blast there last year. Yeah, I know that. And we were it, we're boaters as well, and kayakers. And you know, we have a canoe, and we actually got two um, fold up um, kayaks this year. Okay. Uh, so we'd like us to spend on the, a lot of time on the water. But I noticed the boat that you rented. I think that might be a good plan, even for the dog. Right, we can get her on the boat yeah. and get out to the, one of the keys or the or the oh, yeah. uh, island or something. That was so. That was one of the greatest days of my life. Yeah, <laughs> so much fun. Typical day of fishing for you too. <laughs> yeah, if I catch a fish, I'm yeah. the worst fisherman on the face of the planet. <laughs> it's not as easy as some people think it is. If somebody's looking into getting this lifestyle, what would be the most challenging thing? Well, I think it just depends. So I guess we're a little different because a lot of people can work remotely from their jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I think it depends on what you're doing for a living. So we have to, since we're YouTubers, we have to focus on where we go. What are we going to do to make content? Mm-hmm. And so that keeps us busy in that area. But if you're just going and you're working remotely from your other job, I think there's just two different lifestyles there. Mm, true. So when you're working remotely from your job, you just have to make sure you go somewhere where you have Wi-Fi. 24 7 and you can pretty much go wherever you want to go and you can stay probably for a longer hmm. stand in area for a longer time for us once we yeah. exhaust an area of what is there to do there we kind of have to move on even True. if we really like it if we can't think of anything else to film in that area we have to move on to another area hmm. True. So, yeah. and sometimes we didn't want to leave and there we, was just nothing else to we couldn't continue filming the yeah. same stuff where our audience starts getting uh bored they really tell us they're like (laughs) when are y'all moving on we're like okay we're moving on now (laughs) well actually i assumed when i heard that you were an accountant that assumed that uh, that was part of your income so you were able to work remotely doing that which would be the case for some people right if you're looking at the types of jobs that you could do remotely that would be one of them for the reason that doesn't work for us is I, i was the one that did all the editing and I, I couldn't do the accounting work and the editing because during tax season, for instance, I was a tax accountant in, in the mm-hmm. States. Uh, I would work set 60, 70 hours a week during tax season. Mm-hmm. And uh, our channel, before we went full time, we didn't post anything. We, mm-hmm. I, we couldn't because we couldn't go film. We couldn't mm-hmm. edit and nothing. And uh, she's tried editing. She just doesn't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's not really my expertise. 
So mm-hmm. we wouldn't have a channel if I was a tax accountant, basically. Now, you did hold on to two clients. Yeah, I did for a little, for a little while. But then we just got so busy, he was, wasn't even able to keep up with the two clients and edit and film. So I had to drop yeah. that. Yeah. Pays to be nimble, though, at, at first, especially if somebody's making this transition, if they can work remotely. Because it's not not every channel, not everybody who puts their mind to social media is going to be able to make a living at it either. Um, it's such a cool time that we live in. Like, it's hard to believe that we're getting paid to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm so fortunate to be able to, to do that. This I really do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it means it's a lot of work too, though. I don't know. People really understand like just the planning you're talking about and the logistics and then the editing and the uploading, the management of the social media, I've got your Instagram up here and you have to stay active on all the platforms and you know, you've got to basically your boss is the platforms and your customer mm-hmm. is essentially the, uh, the viewers and it, yeah. you have a lot of people to please and it's, it is, yeah. it can be stressful as well. And she's over all the social media uh, and all the communications. She's over that. I do all the editing and driving because she doesn't like driving the shriek. Oh, yeah. After I ran it into a ditch. Yeah, she slid off into a ditch. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) She doesn't like driving. She's starting. I will a little bit. Yeah, she'll do a little bit if I want to. I'm like, please, I want to get the drone up and follow the truck. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. As long as there's no traffic on this forest road. I'm like, okay, okay, let's do it. So she'll, she'll do it now, but. Uh, the other you know, hard thing I want people to, to know if they were to get in this lifestyle is finding the proper resources and planning. Um, whenever it comes to finding water, uh, when mm. it comes to finding places to dump your gray water, if you mm. have a rig like ours, mm-hmm. uh, propane, all these things, you've got to plan in advance. And the only way to properly do that, we found, is with the the app called iOverlander. Mm-hmm. And we we choose not to use that for camping so much because everybody's using iOverlander. So those camping mm-hmm. spots mm-hmm. in the national forest would usually always be taken by someone that else is using it. But it's so useful when it comes to trying to find a place to dump gray water or a place to, mm-hmm. uh, because there's gas stations out West in Arizona, for example, Tucson, and almost every single gas station has a gray water dump and freshwater. Mm-hmm. But wow. then you go to uh, Montana or Idaho and there's not that many. You might have to drive two, three hours. So you kind of plan your route to make sure you have a place to dump mm-hmm. and fill up. So you've got to be prepared for that. Do you ever use um, uh, water that you've got from a lake or river or anything into your tank? Do you have a filter to, to pump it in or is it always from a tap? So uh, we don't really have any way to pump it into the tank, but we still have our um, Jolka shower system, which is the, hmm. um, the hot water um, portable heater and you have a hose you can throw it into a river or a lake or a creek or something that pumps water through the heater and then we have a pop-up shower tent that comes with it as well so if we do want to stay in an area for a little bit longer with a a fresh lake or river we can um, utilize that water that way it also has a big tub that it comes with so you can wash dishes with it as well Hmm. and that's what we use pretty much every day to shower with when we had the tent and the little trailer because we could hook it up to the port on the side of the trailer to um, use the water in the tank to shower Hmm. with and wash dishes and we did that a lot when we were in the you know a lot of bureau of land land management is usually Mm -hmm. desert so in those areas Mm -hmm. we would have to use that more Mm. Yeah, but, we, we realized out west we weren't really around a lot of clean um, 
rivers or mm. creeks, but more so in Arkansas, we utilize or it in the Rocky Mountains, the east, anywhere in the east. Yeah, less silt and pollution in the water, but especially silt. We don't mm-hmm. really realize that. In a lot of even in the desert, actually, some of the rivers are so silty you can't run that water directly through a water filter. Yeah, so you have to pre-filter it, so it's not like um, there's always water. Water is a challenge, and it is even for me at the cabin. And I was actually interested in that propane um, hot water heater that you're talking about because yeah because it has the pump for water pressure in it as well you can't just get a um, on-demand water heater for me because i don't have water pressure yeah and i I will say we could use that to fill up the the truck camper Mm. from a water source we could but we don't have a way to filter it Mm-hmm. through that system yeah. and that's why we and we haven't we don't have storage for the large filters we've looked at people having these massive um oh the ones that um clean out what is it the salt yeah it's mm-hmm. a they're massive for I don't hard even, water for hard water but that's oh. usually what you run with out west is a bunch of hard water even when you're in the mountains mm-hmm. like the rocky mountains beautiful clear waterways it's still hard water because the minerals coming through it right. and it's it's difficult to find something small enough that can take that hard water out mm. and with us having long hair it, i know it sounds weird <laughs> you can tell you can tell our hair like gets real knotted and it's hard to put a comb through it or something so yeah. we, we know when we have bad water it's our hair where we can't brush it so <laughs> <laughs> that's true no i noticed um if you talk about gray water, uh, maybe explain to the audience what the gray water is and, and how you deal with the what no, other people are dealing with black water. You guys have done something yeah. a little bit different in your truck camper. Yeah. Uh, our gray water, so in our truck camper, we have a 45-gallon freshwater tank, and then we had two uh, other tanks, a gray and a black. It was a 25-gallon, two 25-gallons. We took out the toilet so that we could conserve more water because those toilets take up so much water. And we closed that off and got a traditional camping toilet that you put a bag in it that has the absorbent stuff in it. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say biodegradable, but... Something like that. But we use that instead for our traditional bathroom situation so that we conserve water plus we backflow into our black tank now increasing mm. our gray water we can fill up 125 gallon of gray water in one day almost between oh, showers, both of us yeah. taking a shower mm. washing, dishes. washing dishes twice and then all the other little things that we do you can run through it quick but with that we can be off grid and be very uh we can be a little bit useful or uh, overuse the water a little bit right. not be so self-conscious about it and get a solid two days in Depending one spot on what i cook i'd Depend- say washing dishes probably uses the most water yeah. more so than showering yeah we don't take long showers at all we turn it off slather up <laughs> rinse it all off but when it comes to dishes you've seen her meals and she mm-hmm. can if I, if make I'm some anything dishes creamy it's just like a mm-hmm. pain, pain so Water is a major issue with any nomadic and uh, my lifestyle. It's like, yeah. like so many times I'll wash something and that even that wash water go on to something else before I would dump that. Like, like yeah. just doing the dishes this morning. It's you know, it's um, wash a cup, pour that cup of water into the pot, wash that pot, then pour that into yep. something else. We used yeah, to you're... do that with our Jolka system, and we actually mm-hmm. still do that with the sink. We'll if we have a bunch of dishes, we'll make a small stream. We don't even allow mm-hmm. our tankless hot water heater to, to kick on. Mm-hmm. It kicks on with pressure. We'll oh, use yeah. cold water 
to wash dishes and then it fills up other bowls and everything else and we're washing all that. So we still use a lot when she cooks it. I'm sorry, honey, I'm calling you out on that, but you cook so good. I mean, yeah, it's worth it. We just don't cook anything and we just eat sandwiches. We can conserve water. Oh yeah. (laughs) But it's so worth it. <laughs> it is, yeah. Well, you have a cookbook. I'll have to put the link in the description. Yeah, because um, your cooking yeah, is quite quite interesting. Awesome. So, um, now, the economics of what you're doing. So, you did, you talked about a few things, like the transportation. Obviously, is a cost, but propane and um, it's not an awful lot of things, I guess. But the food and having to stock up on food more often so maybe not being able to take advantage of like bulk sales for example so have you calculated at all what it what your lifestyle is costing you mm, we don't really keep up with it. it it really just depends since we've started i mean everybody knows that the price of everything has gone up mm-hmm. um, especially food um it depends on location that uh that's the big thing um it costs so much more for us to be in the Pacific Northwest and on the West coast and in the new England area. Mm. It was, we were spending on sometimes because we were traveling so much, $350 a day in diesel wow. for, for a little bit. And it was hurting us bad. And we, we really mm. needed to slow down. Then you add on top of that paying for campgrounds when you're out East because mm. there's hardly any public land. Mm-hmm. So then the food, we would go into a grocery store and we would spend almost $200 on just a few bags. Well, I'm about to compare that to us coming back to the South where we might spend $300 every week and a half on diesel. Mm-hmm. And then on groceries, we could go and spend 150 and have a buggy full you of have groceries. Like a week's worth of meals. Yeah. A whole week's worth of meals and everything. And we're not traveling as much because we have more public land. Mm-hmm. So where we're at really dictates how much we spend. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the reasons we also just returned home as mm-hmm. well is just to help save some money because mm-hmm. we were spending so much on just travel. Mm-hmm. And then that's another reason we like to spend more time out West because it's so much more affordable before you get to the, the coastline, when you're mm. in the Rockies of Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, all that, it's a lot more affordable to live, especially when you don't have to pay for a place to sleep. So mm-hmm. you take that into consideration, we save so much more money mm-hmm. than it was when we were out east. And mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe it. So we don't. it's hard to, to say how much we spend. It just depends on yeah. where we're at. It would be different every month, just depending. Yeah. I mean... From an economic standpoint, I guess for people, you're not obviously you don't have equity, and you're you're um, in a depreciating asset. You're like your home is basically a depreciating asset. Where where is yeah, yeah, and it's a, I mean to, for people to wrap their heads around that, but real estate's so expensive. I mean, you look <laughs> like my daughters are are in their early twenties and they're you know starting out and looking at the price of real estate and even a tiny home which is finally starting to get some gain some traction but also be approved for municipal by municipalities around here to allow you to build and live in one because most places you still can't even those are in the you know 150,000 for the tiny home and you're reliant on other people to provide the land typically because the land values are so expensive so the nomadic lifestyle is actually kind of an option for people, especially, I know you guys 
um, spent quite a bit on on this truck is that's the thing about a truck camper and i found out i had a half ton truck and started looking at truck campers and okay now i have to upgrade the truck to a one ton now mm-hmm. that starts adding up so it's but it I mean, you can do it on the cheap. You guys, especially in your, you know, when you were doing the tent life, I mean, that's a good option to get started. But right. um, we wouldn't have done this in all transparency. We chose the tent as well because we couldn't afford to get a van. We couldn't afford to get a truck camper. So we chose to go the tent route because everything was paid off. We had no bills. As our channel continued to grow, we finally, after a year and a half that's when we finally decided we needed something else then we were looking at vans and our we we didn't want to build out a van i know you can build out a van you can make it cheap but sometimes that can be five to six months of, Mm -hmm. of building out something which means we would need a place to stay we didn't have a house we didn't have tools we would have to be at her parents and we don't like imposing on people and also we we wanted to hurry up and get back on the road start doing adventures so we started looking at our options of of vans so to buy a van that we would need because we need four-wheel drive i put this thing Mm -hmm. in four-wheel drive daily just mm. go in some of the places we go. So we were looking at vans or four-wheel drive that had plenty of room. And you're looking at like 300000 U.S. dollars wow. that I, I I could not fathom that it was over 300000 yeah. mm-hmm. So she did research, and she found she knows everything about the truck. Yeah, so first I was researching truck campers because I wanted to know weight. And then what? Then you go to, well, what truck do I need? If I want this specific truck camper, what truck am I going to need for it? So obviously we went with the Palomino because it is one of the cheaper versions that you can get with all the amenities we needed. We've got the storage. We've got the water tank. Uh, we can remove this table in here. We've got plenty of room just to hang out. Um, so... We went with the Palomino because it was cheaper. And um, then we went with, we're like, okay, well, what kind of truck do we need? We knew we needed a one ton. Um, a lot of people ask us, you know, do you regret not getting a slide out? Cause you know, you can get a lot more room with the slide out truck camper, mm-hmm. but to have that, that's extra weight and you would need a dually to mm-hmm. carry all that extra weight. And mm-hmm. we didn't want to get a dually. Um, so we were happy with this size of the camper because with dualies going down a lot of the forest roads that we take, it it gets a little too wide on the on the surface, mm-hmm. and we we couldn't turn around. We wouldn't be able to maneuver as easily. So yeah. we, that's why we chose this. We also chose not to go with slide outs on a camper because that's more things that can go wrong. Yeah, we exactly. want to reduce as much as we can have go wrong as possible. And then I recently thought the other day with the slide out. So we have two awnings on our truck camper. Mm. And if we are low on power, it takes so much power just to draw those awnings in. I couldn't imagine adding every day a slide out, pulling in and out. Because then Mm. you also have the jacks that have to come down too. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of power, especially when you have all four of them going at the same time. Mm. So factor in all that. And we do have lithium ion batteries to, you know, to help us with that problem because the acid just couldn't handle it because mm. we did go the first six months with acid batteries and we were running out of juice within two days. Now we can get a little over a week. I think we can get at least two weeks. At least now two weeks. With this, we have a solar panel. So yeah. um, here it doesn't really help because of the tree canopy. Mm. But out west, the solar panel um, works a lot better 
But um, then we chose to also go with a, a new camper that hadn't been used before. Yeah. Because if you get mm-hmm. used, you run into all these issues. Is there mold? Is there? Because mm-hmm. her dad owns a small RV company that's just him and his wife. Small mm-hmm. mom and pop place. They don't sell truck campers. Matter of fact, I think they only have two trailers. Mm-hmm. So they're real small, but he works on everything. And he told us all the horror stories of buying used. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to go through that. Then we looked at the trucks, and trucks are so expensive, so expensive. And we lucked out to be able to get this 2017 Ford F-350 for $55,000. So after everything is said and done with this truck camper in the uh, truck, we were under $100,000. Hmm. And that is so much cheaper than us buying a new van. So yeah, we still right. came out making sure we were... We were, we had everything we needed, and we didn't want to have to spend extra money that we didn't have. And the van is single purpose, so when the van is getting old, like the chassis and the engine and everything, that's the whole thing basically you're replacing. That's what we kind of thought with the truck and the camper being separate. We outgrow one or the other, or it's one wears out, one doesn't. Then uh, you can separate those and, and replace one of the things, or not, or just change your lifestyle. It's, but also, yeah, we looked at the the older campers as well, and and uh, mold and electrical issues. If there's an electrical problem with a vehicle or a camper, it's very hard to to diagnose that and have it repaired. It's just we just don't want those headaches. So we ended up going new for, uh, for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. We yeah. also uh, something that we we were aware of that a lot of people thought we were crazy for saying is that there's more room in this truck camper than, than a van. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we can store everything you can store in a van. But when you really look at the layout of a van, you can't store everything we have in this truck in a van. Mm -hmm. So your bed is over the cab. Of course, Mm -hmm. you got all this room to walk around. So in the back seat, we got the four door, Ford F-350. The back mm-hmm. seat, we've removed the back seat, made a platform. We've got mountain bikes back there, weights, workout benches, fishing gear, uh, solar panels, tables, chairs. The Jolka shower the, system. The whole Jolka shower system okay. that we talked about. All of that is in there, and nothing has besides paddle boards. Yeah. We bought paddle boards, and we had to put those in here that are deflatable that we put in backpacks. That's the only thing that g- goes in here, and then when we park, we'll put it in the front seat. But everything else is fit <laughs> in that truck. We're in a van. You've got to put it under the bed is your mm-hmm. only option. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And then you have to, the bed converts either into a couch or a dining area. So every day that's having to, you know, put the bed up, put it back. Well, that's if you don't have anything under the bed. If you have, oh, the, yeah. Yeah. If you have anything under the bed, you can't convert it into yeah, a table. That's true. So oh, we yeah. just have so much more room. I think yeah. it just depends on your lifestyle and your personality. Yeah. Like if you don't do all the outdoor activities that we do, then you wouldn't need all of that extra storage. Yeah. But we had to factor all of that stuff in. Cause I didn't well, want like, to go across the country and find an amazing mountain bike trail and not be able like, to. Dang, I wish we had our mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also be able to be able, being able to go down that dirt road with the four wheel drive, right? So, because the vans, okay. like you can get a van for, I don't know, 150,000, which is still a lot, two wheel drive. But as so, yeah. soon as you start looking into the bigger vans with the four wheel drive, it, yeah, it's another market completely. So, I mean, we've already gotten stuck in two wheel drive with this thing. Like when she slid the truck off into a ditch, sorry, I'm calling you out on that again, but she I'm, was, yeah, she was driving and it slid and then it went to a clay, mm-hmm. like a ditch that was a clay top road. And we had to put in four wheel drive and that didn't work. So we had to put the lockers on and that's the only mm-hmm. way we were able to get out. And guess what? 
we were able to get out. If I had a yeah. van that's two wheeled, I'd still oh. be stuck there today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I will, I do want to ask you, and I tend to ask everybody, and I'm kind of attracted to couples that that seem to have a good relationship because my wife and I do, but it's becoming increasingly rare to find that. And the challenges, of course, of living in a small space or navigation in general with couples, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. Like, what are your secrets to your successful relationship? Communication. Assu- assuming you have one. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I got <laughs> you have to, to live. We spend we every do waking ev- moment. Everything together. Like, like, she even gets upset if she's in up in the bed watching TV and I want to brush my teeth first. She says, This is not the time to brush your like, teeth. Wait, it's not <laughs> wait for me. I'm like, Okay. So, uh, but uh, all joking aside, we uh, communication is the biggest thing. And it, you got to be friends. That's mm-hmm. got to be the number one thing. You got to love each other's company. And I will say we have gotten closer mm-hmm. and our communication has gotten even better. Not saying it's been perfect. There's been, there's been moments where we've had, yeah, we still get in tiffs. Yeah. We get in tiffs, but it's usually when you have a bunch of stress on you from traffic, like going through mm-hmm. Houston, Texas, if you ever drove through, driven through Houston, Texas, you wow. But <laughs> that's an example and you can get irritated with each other, but that's going to happen with every couple. Mm-hmm. We never go to bed mad and we immediately talk about something that's bothering us. Mm -hmm. We don't let it fester. We don't, Oh, everything's fine. If it's not fine, we're like, well, I, you know, I got a little bit of a problem with something that you said, or, or I don't agree with something. We do that with each other all the time. Well, I will say though, that before we embarked on this journey, the whole reason that we want another reason we wanted to do this is because, you know, him being an accountant, he worked all the time and we never really saw each other. You know, we had this house that we didn't spend any time in and we never got to really see each other. So the, the main purpose was that we wanted to do something where we could be together every single day. Hmm. And this was an option. So it's, it's true. You've got to want to be with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother and her boyfriend, it said, uh, I don't know how you're going to do this because we would kill each other if we, mm-hmm. if we were in your situation. Yeah, she was like, I give it six months. She did say that. <laughs> you don't know us that well. <laughs> so uh, it's been uh, two and a half years now almost mm-hmm. of us. And we're. I was thinking about how much we've grown together. It's oh, yeah. so neat. To, so when we first started, uh, she wasn't really all into uh, uh, the business side of mm. our YouTube channel with, mm. with the content, she was still trying to wrap her head around cause she's such a structured person. She mm. was still trying to wrap her head around. How am I going to exist? I know this was my idea, but <laughs> now that we've done it, I don't know how to live my daily life. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. she was trying to get used to that. And I'm over here like panicking, like I've got to figure out how to continue doing this YouTube channel thing because I'm, I'm driving, I'm doing, uh, setting mm. up tents. And we're trying to figure out where we're sleeping. And she's just like, I'm trying to figure out where I'm working out. That's all I care about. Like, the most important thing. <laughs> like, it's still the most important thing to me. So we, but now seeing how we've grown together, um, I used to take criticism on our channels from her. Hmm. Like if she told me something didn't look good. I was like, mm, it looks great. But now I've learned to be so much more patient, take her criticism because she is the critic whenever we post, before we post the vlog and she's taken so much uh, ownership of all the communication of, of anything, email related and, and ideas of titles and what we're going to do. Like 
she she plans out stuff for us now and i'm used to she never did that and it's so neat to see how she's evolved and how i've evolved with her we're not even the same people we were when we started the gym Mm -hmm. we're not i love it actually i love you more yeah pretty cool (laughs) yeah that's nice that's special yeah and you seem to have a lot of respect for each other and that you both uh, contribute equally which is important I, i think it would be difficult if one person tends to be lazier or that um you're fighting over the the gender roles like the, uh, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, and things like that. If somebody's saying, "Well, I don't do that type of thing," like you need to, you're pitching in to do whatever needs to be done together, and you end up working out a kind of a structure where somebody does tend to do one thing, one and the other person yep. does the other. But then you come together when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But it's the respect I think that you have for each other as well that that comes across in the channel that uh, I think is missing in a lot of people's relationships. I, I really think. In today's society, I think more people need to be forced into this lifestyle or uh, homesteading mm-hmm. where each partner has more that they need to do with each other. Because mm-hmm. um, most people now go to work and they come home, they sit down, watch TV. Most people don't even cook anymore. They mm-hmm. just pick up dinner mm-hmm. and then they go to bed with no uh, you say contribution, but even if it's a contribution, it also gives you a purpose in the relationship. So they Mm -hmm. have this empty, non-meaningful relationship. I've seen so much, a lot of our friends and, and it's just because they get caught up in that, the lifestyle of the hustle and bustle. And, you know, there's not enough time to do anything, you know, especially when you have chores that need to be done around the house, but you only get like two days off, you know, the weekend, so I think that puts a lot of strain on couples as well. I, I just think more. I think I think the world needs to slow down. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Slow down, take it easy. Yeah, and yeah, have to be forced to work together. Even with kids, like I know the families that are doing this or families that are homesteading. It mm-hmm. um, it seems like they're too busy and and um, that that's a difficult lifestyle. But spending that time together, I think, like my wife and I have been working together in in either business or what we're doing now for. 15 years more yeah probably 15 years full-time and everybody says the same thing you guys won't last or you can't do it together and actually when we went through our business failure in 2010 the uh the lawyers said we don't know a couple that stayed together during this process like it just breaks people off the stress of it and the the not knowing but it just brought us made us stronger brought us together and we've been able to delve into this lifestyle and again um, I'm the more of the outdoorsman and more of the hands-on um, you know building of the infrastructure structure person my wife's in the background doing everything that people don't see and then of mm-hmm. course it's like what's your wife do <laughs> doesn't she do anything <laughs> she does just as much as me otherwise we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't work like we respect each other so much and we want are looking out for the other person and we don't want the other person to be burdened by something that i don't want her to feel the burden because i haven't done something i haven't you know lifted my weights mm-hmm. I, I feel the same way sometimes mm-hmm. like if she's doing dishes or something and i'm over here doing nothing i've like mm-hmm. immediately have to get up and start drying dishes i just want to help her out like mm-hmm. so i know where you're coming from you don't want to make one person feel like they have too much burden on them yeah, and even when I see you sneaking away fishing, well, she's doing something like that, but you can say, well, I'm getting content, so at least you're working. So. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But usually usually whenever I'm sneaking away fishing, it's, it's, she's 
taking it easy. She's got the lounger out. Don't let her fool you. She's over there just <laughs> taking it in, taking in the suns, taking a nap. Yeah. Because you need to relax a little bit every once in a while. That's the problem. Yeah, I get caught up in the YouTube thing as well. And at times I'm thinking just, it's just not, wasn't the reason, you know, to that we're living this lifestyle. It's not just to create content. That's the, um, I mean, it allows us, you can't take it for granted either, because of course it allows us to, it allows us the financial freedom to do this. But again, those are the times we live in. There's lots of ways to make money. And the fact that we're able to make it doing what we love to do is very special, but it means it. you have to work at it. It's a lot of work, but at times it's like, okay, I need to take a little bit of time off. Like That's what, why we looked at the truck camper, because I look at what we've built, or homesteads that we've built, as a great base camp, as you mentioned, maybe going back to Arkansas at some point. But still having, you know, I'm, 50, I'm 53, and I, don't, I can't see myself for 30 years just doing what I'm doing exactly today, right here, right now. I want this to always be a part of my life, but it doesn't mean I don't want to keep exploring and living in a life of adventure. Right. I, I feel pretty fortunate on my end because, first off, I have a wife that loves doing exactly what I love to do. That's mm-hmm. the first crazy thing. Like, I don't know many couples that enjoy the same thing mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to camping uh, and being outdoors. But what else is so amazing is I I love making content. It's my life now. I look forward to it. I'm working on a vlog right now, and I've been just geeking out nonstop. Like, <laughs> honey, because we're trying to do some new things with our content. I'm like, look at this. Mm. Look, look at this. And I'm getting so excited that I don't want to stop working. And she's the one that says, you need to put it down. I'll wake up, or she'll wake up, and I'll be down here <laughs> working at 2 o'clock in the morning. And she's like, you need to come to bed. I'm like, I'm having too much fun. Like, <laughs> That's great. So I'm pretty fortunate that I get to do both things that I love, which is content creation and being outdoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows. I've noticed your style changing a little bit recently too. It's a, uh, it's yeah. I've got my slow content that I like to make, but the audience isn't quite as interested in like my nature. Uh, like mm-hmm. I'll sometimes do a full nature video, drone and you know rivers and things like that but uh, about a third of the audience will watch two-thirds tune out but i just love making them so i continue to do that i I find it relaxing to make them i love going out we call it our b-roll days my wife and i will go out and just film nature um instead of me working all the time so it uh, i'm kind of you're kind of forced then to enjoy it even more or to spend more time in nature and do more interesting things because you have an audience that wants to to join you on those Mm -hmm. adventures is there anything else um, you guys would like to add? Is there anything you wanted to ask me, or is there any, a place you want to send people to to see your content? Or oh yeah, I guess. Um, so we are in a transition phase where we will be changing our YouTube channel name. Mm-hmm. Strictly just because we're not living in a tent anymore. We might tent camp in the future, but we'll never live in a tent anymore. So we're probably going to change the name of the channel to Cody and Kelly just to be more relatable to our audience. Um, Cause you're just, you're following our lives and mm-hmm. what we're doing. I mean, we might not even be traveling in a truck camper within a year. We might be doing something totally different. Who sure. knows? Like, mm-hmm. We don't even know what we're doing next week. Like we said, we, we have a larger uh, audience or a newer audience that's starting to become the bigger portion of our old audience. 
mm-hmm. who don't know what dome life means. Right. True. Yeah. So uh, we've even had people be like, "Are y'all flat earthers?" And we're like, "No, <laughs> we're, you know, it was about a dome tent." So we decided that we would uh, we would slowly start changing our name. So if you've seen that in the content, uh, we started trying to transition, mm-hmm. let people see Cody and Kelly versus Dome Life more. Right. And probably by the first of the year, we'll change it to just Cody and Kelly. Um, we still have will have the business side, so there will still be a brand that is Dome Life, which mm-hmm. is just going to be a camping lifestyle. Um, so we'll still have the website with the brand because we still want to make. Uh, uh, camping uh, gear, like camping shirts, mm-hmm. outfits, or not outfits, camping shirts, basically. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we, we want to promote some of the things that we used to do in the past, which was cleanups. And uh, we mm-hmm. used to host cleanups in our home state of Arkansas where people picked up litter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we'll try to throw some more of that in in the future in our home state. So the Dome Life brand will never die but mm-hmm. we just wanted to disconnect us from a brand. So mm-hmm. we're no longer Dome Life. Anybody can live the Dome Life. We're Cody and Kelly who own Dome Life. So that's that's the slow transition in the future that we'll, we'll take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm curious. Uh, I do want to ask you a question. So what, what kind of business did your wife and you own? What did we own before this? Yeah, but you said in 2010. I was I was curious, what was it that y'all did? Yeah, so back in um, 2005, I started a commercial roofing business. My background was uh, sheet metal. I'm a sheet metal worker, but mm-hmm. installing um, metal on commercial flat roofs, basically around the perimeter. Um, so I had a, a company that I started doing commercial roofing, and mm-hmm. it was a pretty big company. We had 90 something employees at one point. But then that 2008 financial crisis that hit really hit the construction industry hard, and it took a while to put it, all my customers out of business in 2010. Cool. Um, so we just, yeah, I ended up uh, $750,000 in debt that I had guaranteed of the business. So wow. we were like literally below below zero, starting over again. So uh, my self-reliance has been our climb out of that mess and reprioritizing. Yeah. 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 Wow, seven hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it seemed like it was it would be impossible. I was resigned to just never owning anything again and live, working for somebody I didn't like, and and just doing the daily grind again and getting half my wages garnished. Literally for the rest of my life. So we found a way to just build other businesses and like claw our way out, and you know, like I said, prioritize food and doing everything hands on and working hard together, and we're able to recover and. And now kind of living my dream life. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so many people get into that, that rut and never, they can't pull themselves out because they don't have the mental strength like you did. And you and your wife together as a team, that's impressive. Uh, hats well, off to y'all. Oh, well, thank you. But it's, yeah, it comes down to that materialistic thing. You know, if you're so, um, you can't identify too much with your things, but also your your career, who you are. Then you mentioned you guys might be doing something completely different a year from now. Mm-hmm. That's just to stay nimble and not get so attached to something that you can't let go, or if you lose it, it um, it's it destroys you. So we've I've always had that mindset. I can go all the way to. I always thought I could go to zero. Like I built my first cabin when I was in my teens, actually, and moved into one when I was twenty one, and. Uh, live so simply that I thought, okay, there's my baseline. I can take risks in life because I know I can go to zero and be happy. I never dreamed I'd be $750,000 below zero. 
and I have to climb out of that. But that's been a mindset that's allowed me to not stress over the the, the, the major things that, that really destroy a lot of people. Yeah, man, you. I love you. I love your uh, your phrase of a uh, your base to zero. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, I look at whenever everything was stolen from us mm-hmm. and we had nothing. We didn't have a house. Uh, people, we told people we were homeless and they're like, you're not homeless, but we don't have a home. <laughs> like, yeah, we can't just go shack up with our parents. Yeah. Like we have I mean. nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's our baseline. And I never looked at it that way, but I'm grateful that that happened looking back because it gave us a baseline yeah. to mm-hmm. we've, we were, we had nothing but the shoes on our feet and a truck. To get it, well, thank God we had a truck. Yeah, actually, no, we didn't. Well, we didn't. We we were driving the dad's truck because yeah. we mm. uh, the Hummer had gotten totaled. How like what two weeks? Wow. Before two weeks that before happened? that happened. So oh, it was in the shop, and wow. we were driving his dad's pickup. It was a wild chain of events. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Lady did a U-turn in front of me, and uh, totaled the truck. And then, and it, what's crazy is it started out as. I, I had a mountain bike that I had for like eight years and I finally cracked the frame and I said, Kelly, do we have enough money for me just to go finally get a new mountain bike? She's like, yeah, yeah. I, I check. Cause she does our finances. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm the accountant. I'm no. not doing that. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, so all the finances. I was like, do we have enough? Cause I don't know what's in our account. And I was like, do we have enough? She's like, yeah, I think, I think we got enough. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a bike. She goes, okay. So I go get the bike. I leave the bike shop. The lady does a U-turn in front of me as I'm leaving mm. the bike shop, total the truck. Holy. Then, Thank God I had my dad. He drove from East Texas to Central Arkansas for him. That was a five-hour drive to bring me one of his two trucks. He he does installation for Home Depot, does all their doors and windows. So mm-hmm. he has a backup truck in case one breaks down. Him and his wife drove all the way up, gave us that. We're driving around, waiting for the truck to get fixed. That's whenever we were trying to film the Thanksgiving vlog and our trailer gets stolen. So yeah, It was kind of like, I forgot, since the truck incident had happened, it was kind of like, what why what else like why did i not even of course this happened right now i mean and, and the kicker for all of it is i had a tarantula crawl up the pants oh, yeah. leg my inner pants leg and, and i thought it was a mass of leaves and i squeezed my pants and it bit through and bit my thumb that was a crazy month but, yeah that all yeah. happened within like two weeks it was in a whole other. month yeah. yeah i was like wow better not have any bad luck knock on wood <laughs> well that's where the strong relationship helps Oh yeah. yeah. So it was wild. It was a wild journey. Well, this is so thank you so much. Well, thank you. This is this is fun just to be able to have conversations with people and just relax and, and enjoy it and yeah, you know, we're kind of we're kind of loners, so to get out there and speak to somebody in this format, uh, it's just fun for me. Yeah, maybe we can meet up actually in person if if yeah. we have time and if you have time. Yeah, well, if either way, we'll reach out for you or to you for uh, for some tips on uh, where to go yeah. while we're down there. Yeah, area. if you have any questions, feel yeah. free to yeah. Yeah, yeah. ask us. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye. 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 bye.